Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com if you want to hunt turkeys, you are bound to run into turkey hunting marketing. On this episode, I'm going to help you sift through all of the glitter and shiny labels to better understand and pick what's helpful and useful for you and your hunting style. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we are talking about turkey hunting marketing and how to sift through the endless just piles and piles of marketing that are out there. Now, this one is near and dear to my heart because I work in the industry of marketing. I do, and I, I see things from different sides and different angles than a lot of people see them. Anytime I see marketing for something, I, I look at it with a different eye, uh, and that eye is a little bit cynical. It's a little bit critical. It's a little bit, um, you know, like, you know, prove it kind of a feeling. And I've got a in-depth background in communications and mass media comm and theory and on and on. I could bore you till you couldn't take it anymore. But the bottom line is I've become really sensitive to it. And I have a very low tolerance for hype. In fact, in some of the YouTube videos that I've done, I've done testing of different things. I did a base layer test just because I was so sick of all of the hype that I've read and heard about different base layers. I wanted to put them to a test and see how do they actually perform in real objective tests with measurements and experiments and all that. You can find that YouTube video on the website, New Hunter's Guide, and on YouTube. Check it out. But nonetheless... I really am a sensitive marketing consumer. All right, so if you get into turkey hunting or any hunting, but turkey hunting has its own special flavor of marketing. You know, every year there are a thousand different companies that come up with a thousand different products, very few of which are new, most of which are just slightly different than last year's product all new and improved and amazing and shiny. And if only you could see the air quotes that I was making with my hands right now. The reality is sometimes some of them are better than last year's model. Some of them are the exact same, just with the furniture moved around. And some are worse, but they're all marketed as better, amazing, the newest thing ever. 
And every now and then you get something that is a little bit new and innovative, but those are few and far between. So how do you navigate through this sea of just everybody trying to sell you anything and everything humanly possible? And you know, here's the thing. The, 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 the core root and concept of marketing is to take the best features, the helpful features, the useful features and benefits of your product and, and say it in a way that best communicates their value to someone who would be potentially interested in them. And in and of itself, that's a wholesome discipline. It's a wholesome practice. It is not a field that I am in any way ashamed of. It is a honest, necessary function for anyone creating something. But then you have another side of it where people will say and, and, and demonstrate just about anything to try to sell their shtick, whether or not it's based in fact, whether it's based in reality, whether it even makes any sense, they will promise the moon they will, they will do all sorts of things to try to sucker you in to buying all of this stuff. And here's the bottom line. Rarely is it ever black and white. Yes, this is good, helpful, and useful, and I really should consider it. And no, this has no use and value whatsoever. And these are snake oil salesmen, and I do not want to even touch that or get involved in it. It's almost never that way. It's usually somewhere in the middle. So what I've adopted is a very simple practice that I think will help you and any aspiring turkey hunter and almost any hunter really. And that is let the woods tell me what I need. Don't let marketing tell me what I need. Don't let the people sharing thousands of things after SHOT Show tell me what I need. Don't let the people at the outdoors convention tell me what I need. Don't let Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops and Sportsman's Warehouse and all the other great companies that are out there, don't let them tell me what I need. And I've got nothing against any of them. In fact, I enjoy just about every one of them. But their job is to sell stuff. And contrary to popular belief, my job is not to buy stuff. I'm a consumer, but my job is not to buy stuff. I don't get paid to consume. I get paid to work, and then I have to judiciously decide what I want to use those resources to purchase. The purchasing, though, is not my job. It is not my responsibility to purchase people's stuff. But if there is stuff that is helpful and useful to me, and I have a use for it, then there's nothing wrong with purchasing that. It is, though, all of the falseness and the fake emotions and the fake um, perspectives that are woven into so many things. So I want to let the woods tell me what I need. Not a catalog, not an email, not what 10 other people are saying is amazing. What do the woods say? Okay, now how do you do that, George? We just get out into the forest and close your eyes and meditate and sing Kumbaya? No, that's ridiculous. I go hunting. I go hunting, and while I'm hunting, I, I, I am keenly aware of my pain points. All right? My feet are cold. I know that. Uh, so what's that tell me? All right, that tells me I could hunt more comfortably at least, possibly longer, 
possibly better if I had better shoes, if I had better footwear, if I had warmer footwear. Now that could mean any number of things, okay? That could mean better boots. Maybe I need insulated boots. Maybe I need waterproof boots, windproof boots. Maybe I need boots, boots that have more cushion. Maybe I have boots that need more room. If they're too tight, they, there's not enough airflow. Maybe it's not my boots. Maybe my boots are fine. Maybe my socks are not quite up to par. Maybe I need to get some wool socks or some merino wool socks or go crazy. Maybe some alpaca wool socks and you know, do that. Maybe, maybe my boots and my socks are okay. Maybe I just need to get some toe warmers and spend a dollar instead of $300 on even better boots. You know, I think a lot of people, they're buying footwear that is just beyond what they really have use and justification for. They go and buy a pair of $300 boots and they hunt with them three times a year. And yeah, their feet are, are, are kept pretty warm, but they would have been just better off buying a pair of $80 boots and sticking some toe warmers in them the three cold days a year that they actually went out because they're never going to get their use out of the older boots and they're going to start to dry rot and go bad before they even ever wear them out. So I need to let the woods tell me. You know, now turkey hunting in specific, you're, you're probably not going to go out into Arctic bitter cold. Maybe if you some real late season fall turkey hunting, but I, I still have never seen an Arctic fall turkey hunting day. So, you know, you rarely need bitter cold weather gear for turkey hunting. It, it's more along the lines of, you know, what helps you um, navigate the temperature fluctuation. You got cold mornings, you got hot noon times. You got any variance in between. So what can keep you warm and then keep you cool? And, and how do you manage that? You know, if I'm in the woods and, you know, by nine o'clock I get up and, and, and move and I'm just covered in sweat and drenched in sweat. And then I sit down and it's not even cold, but I get cold. Well, maybe that's telling me my base layers are not very good. That's telling me that, you know, maybe I need to get some better base layers. Maybe if I had some merino wool base layers, they wick that moisture and evaporate it more quickly as opposed to cotton, which just holds it and, and other materials that don't do as good of a job. You know, maybe that is a real need that my hunting is telling me, hey, this is a problem or this is uncomfortable or I'm limited in this area. So, for example, you know, maybe you hunt with a uh, pump action shotgun. All right, so you're out turkey hunting and, and you go and, and you take a shot and you miss or you partially miss and the bird doesn't go down or, or it goes down and it gets back up. And any one of a dozen scenarios, you need to take another shot. You go to rack that thing, pull the trigger, nothing happens because you didn't, you didn't pull the handle back far enough to eject the spent shell and you didn't push it forward all the way. Because you're just not used to, to using a shotgun. You're not used to shooting a pump. And, you know, this becomes a recurring theme over time. And, and you know, most of your second shots end up just having trouble and being a problem. Well, maybe in that case, you, you should consider, you know, upgrading to a semi-automatic shotgun. Or an over-under shotgun. Where that motion of working the slide and working the handle and... 
and getting the old shot out and the new one in the chamber, you don't have to deal with that. You know, a lot of people, they're, they're dedicated hunters, but they're not very dedicated shooters. And they don't go to the range often enough. And they don't spend a lot of time practicing. And they don't develop the muscle memory needed to do certain things. Well, you you know, you've you got choices there you can make. You can either invest more time and work and energy. Or you can buy a different piece of equipment that you don't have that problem with. And you know what? There is no shame in that. It's a legitimate need. And you can say, hey, I'm going to get a piece of equipment where I don't have this problem as opposed to investing, you know, dozens of hours and cases of ammunition and training and all of that. You know, I, I absolutely can see that as being something that's legitimate. Now, you can't say I need this better gun because of what's happening. You know, the word need can't really be used. But then again, you're hunting, which in 95% of the time in America is discretionary. So there is no need. You can't need anything because it's all, it's a hobby. It's an activity. It's something that you do for pleasure. There are no legitimate needs in hunting or turkey hunting for most people most of the time. So it's all about what works best for me. In, in very rare situations, is there something that's really important and going to make a major difference, life-threatening, you know, not really in turkey hunting, other than safety, you know, in, in some extreme winter hunting, you could get cold enough to have real problems if your gear is not all right. But in turkey hunting, eh, I mean, safety is the only thing in terms of not shooting yourself, not falling and getting hurt, not getting shot by somebody else. If you can stay safe from that regard, but there's not really dollars to be spent there. You're not running into marketing. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So some examples, right, of, of, you know, a lot of people like to use turkey vests. Some people do, some people don't. I personally do use a turkey vest. I really enjoy it. 
Um, one of the longest running turkey hunters that I know, who is literally, as we speak, as this is being recorded, he's writing his 50 years of turkey hunting book. He does not use a turkey vest. Sees no use for it, has no need of it. Has just he's he's tried them and and just doesn't see any value in a turkey vest. I, on the other hand, hunted for a couple years without a turkey vest and sat there going, you know what? A turkey vest would really be helpful here. I really like the cushion on the back that I can just flip down. Helps me be versatile, stay warm, stay dry. Helps me limit the stuff that I take in. I don't like to carry a backpack in when I'm turkey hunting. Because when I really try to sneak around and get quiet and move and be subtle, I, I got to leave the backpack behind. My stuff is in the backpack. And, you know, then, then who knows where I'm going to go, where I'm going to end up. Then I got to backtrack and find this backpack. And to me, a turkey vest was the answer. And, but I didn't go out and buy, you know, this brand new, super amazing turkey vest. Rather, I got a discontinued model on end-of-the-world clearance when Gander Mountain went out of business the first time and got it for pennies on the dollar. And you know what? They come out with new ones every year. So-called new and improved. The best ever. This feature, that feature. And, you know, looking back five, six years later, I'm like, you know, uh, I, I don't see anything in the new ones that gives me any cause to consider a new turkey vest. I So I get marketing for turkey vest. I don't even look at them. Don't even look at them. I get stuff in the mail. I don't look at it. I get catalogs. I don't look at it. People send me emails. I don't look at it. Why? Because the one that I have does everything I ask it to do. Does everything I need it to do. Um, never do I walk into the woods and say, oh man, I wish it would do this. I don't have any thoughts like that. It works, it does the job, and I do not have any reason to think about or buy a new one unless that one wears out or breaks at some point down the road. The one that I have does the job. How do I know that? The woods tell me. I said the woods tell me. I never find myself in a position in the woods where I'm thinking, ooh, you know, if, if this caused a problem, this cost me a hunt. This made something more difficult. This was a handicap. When I'm in the woods, the turkey vest functions. It does everything I needed to do. And it is a good piece of my gear. Turkey calls. Oh my goodness, guys. The number of new turkey calls and turkey call companies that are launched every year from low-end, mid-end, high-end, ultra-high-end turkey calls just the most amazing and spectacular stuff you've ever seen, heard of, or, or wish you wouldn't have heard of. It's out there, and it keeps coming out. Guys, turkey calls, with everything that's been invented and coming out, there, there are no turkey calls today that are better than the turkey calls of 20 and 40 and 50 and 60 years ago. All right? Making turkey sound, it's a low bar, all right? You know, how do turkey calls get started? A lot of them, you know, we have a pot call. Why? Because they took a broken clay pot and they scratched at it with a twig and it made a turkey sound and it worked and it was free. And most turkey hunters for a long time just made their own turkey calls because it was easy enough to make a turkey sound that sounded like a turkey that worked. 
you know, some of the pioneering turkey call companies. It, it was not difficult to make turkey calls and turkey sounds that worked. Now, you know, there's a lot of innovations in so-called call technology. Duck calls and goose calls, for example. We have all sorts of high-end polymers and, and things and different reed uh, fabrications and formations and counts and things that let you call, you know, louder and have more resonance so you can be heard by those geese up in the stratosphere and, and all of that. There is some truth and value to all of that in waterfowl hunting. I say some. There's a percentage there. There's some value to that. There's some innovation. There are calls today that are better than what they had 50 years ago. Uh, but that's mostly a function of volume, durability, and the ability to function uh, even when wet or in undesirable conditions. When it comes to turkey calls, louder's not better. Uh, tone and range and all of that, I mean, you know, there are mouth calls today that are better than the mouth calls of 30 years ago, but the box call and the slate call, which I still believe are the absolute best calls for new hunters, maybe the push-pull call, you know, there, they, they, there's, there's no, there haven't been no real amazing innovations there. The ones today don't sound better than the ones from 50 years ago. In fact, the ones from 50 years ago could still beat the ones of today. And and what has, what, how they're being made, maybe they're a little more durable. Okay, maybe they're a little more this, they're a little more that. Let me give you an example. The first turkey call I ever had was a slate call. Mm, I'm not even 100% sure of the brand. I think it cost $11. I got it as a set, as a gift, with another call. Uh, but if you went out and bought that call by itself in the store, it would have been, I think, $11. Called in my first turkey with that. Um, called in my last turkey with that, last season. All right? That little $11 call is one of my two favorite calls. I have a better higher-end glass call, pot call. I, I bought a super high-end polymer you know, amazing, out of this world, blah, 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 slate call, got it a couple years ago, you know, you, you can make sounds so loud, you should be wearing earplugs, if you're, it's a locator call, this, that, and the other thing, oh man, the marketing was great, watched a YouTube video about it, I was like, oh, I gotta put that on my list, eventually ended up getting it, and you know what, guys, it doesn't sound better than the $11 call, it doesn't, I rarely use it. I use it as a long distance locator call, but even then, I would still rather use my box call. So it's in my turkey vest because I feel like, ah, oh, it was so expensive, I need to at least take it into the woods. I don't think I've ever even called a turkey in with it because my other calls are better. They, they make better turkey sounds. They're easier to manipulate. They're not as loud, but you don't need to be that loud. In fact, an episode I just did was about soft calling, and or maybe that's about to come out. Either way, uh, you know, soft calling is, I think, one of the biggest problems that, that is haunting new and even um, intermediate turkey hunters is they're not doing it enough. They're being too loud all the time.
Volume is not the answer most of the time. But, you know, everybody's got a new call and new this and aluminum and polymer and graphite and this, that, and the other thing. And you know what, guys? Eh, most of it is, is just hype. Like, well, we found a new way to do this. We found a new way to create a new type of, of ceramic whatever. And, okay, maybe it does sound good. Maybe it does have good depth. Maybe it is loud. Maybe it is any number of factors. But is it actually going to be better at bringing in turkeys than, you know, than, than the cheap traditional call? Probably not. Probably not. Now, some of those things may suit you. They may be a better fit for your style than other ones. There's, there's a market for all these things. There's value for certain people and how they hunt for all these things. But they are not the answer for all hunters or most hunters even. You know, you really need to be careful with all the hype. I remember being in the phase where I thought, you know, if I had a better call, I would kill more turkeys. And then I remember reading John McDaniel's book and how, you know, for 40 years he was, he was, you know, just obsessed with turkey calls and just accumulating hundreds of turkey calls, always wondering if the next call, the newest call, the latest call, this guy's antique vintage call, whatever it was, if that would give him an edge, if that would be the thing. And just, you know, putting together an amazing turkey collect or turkey call collection of hundreds and hundreds of calls, which now as he's, you know, past retirement, he's actually selling some of them off to collectors because he just realizes he's he's got he's not gonna ever be able to use all these calls in the woods. But just that that thrill of, oh man, maybe that call, maybe that technique. You know, there's the handful of turkey calls that you see in a store. You know, but there are dozens of other ways to make turkey sounds that have just never made it into stores because the, there's just too many options for the number of hunters that are out there. It's just unprofitable to have that much variety. But there are so many kinds of calls, it's unbelievable. It's because it's not that hard to make a turkey sound. It's not that hard to make a turkey noise. And of course, you know, John then always gravitates back to his small handful of best calls which are usually the simplest, easiest to use that he's had the longest. What it really ends up being, guys, is what call do you have the most experience with and are the most comfortable using, not what has the most space-age technology. But the marketing is crazy. So what do you need from a call standpoint? What do the woods tell you? What do the woods tell you? When you use your turkey call, do the turkeys respond? If they don't, is it the actual piece of equipment or do you need to get better at using it? All right, maybe you have gotten pretty good at using it, but the turkeys aren't responding. Well, I've been there where, you know, you run a half dozen different calls and they still don't respond. They're just not going to respond every day. But it's easy to think, well, if I had another call, if I had this latest greatest, then... You know, these turkeys would just come in like they do in the video and shoot them at 20 yards. Well, guys, the videos, sometimes they go out 20 mornings in a row until they get that video. 
Sometimes they're hunting on turkey farms. Where they, I mean, they're not even wild turkeys. Or they put the turkeys there, clip their wings. And they just, you know, it's, it's real, but it's not real. You never know. I mean, never trust the video to say, oh, well, see, they used that turkey call and the call and the turkeys came in. Yeah, they used to use broken pots, guys. Uh, anything can bring in a turkey. So I recommend you take, uh, you have several turkey calls that you go into the woods with. You know, I like to take a slate call or two. I take a box call or two. I'll take a push-pull call. And that's it. Usually I'm in the woods, any given turkey hunt, I've got about three calls or more on me. You know, some are louder than others. Some have a different use than others. But any one of them I can use interchangeably if one particular tone or sound doesn't seem to be working. You know, for example, say you're running a turkey call and you get busted. Turkey sees you, spooks, runs. All right, well, you're going to try to get ahead of it. You're going to try to loop around. An hour later, you try to get ahead of where you think it's going to go. You don't want to pull that same call out and call that because they just heard that specific tone and associate it with a person. So you need a different call that you can use to make a different tone that they're thinking is another turkey, you know, hanging out in the woods over here where they've ran to for the last hour. So it's good to have some variety. It's good to have options. But guys, don't believe the marketing just because. Um, you know, a, a new call is not going to make you a better hunter. It's not going to bring in more turkeys just because it's new, just because it was at the show, just because it was shiny. You have to think outside of that box. You gotta, you gotta let the woods tell you what do you need. All right. Different camo patterns. Oh my goodness. It's like every year somebody's got some new amazing camo pattern and this is the one. Guys, your great-grandfather hunted turkeys wearing brown pants and black shirt. They didn't even have camo. Alright, camo is nice. Camo is helpful. Camo, I do think, can give you an advantage in concealment. Are all cam camos equal? No. They're not equal because certain camos are designed for different conditions. So like I have a Gore-Tex camo parka that is made for waterfowl hunting. All right, it's super great. My wife got it at the thrift store for $10. I never even knew the big box store ever had this particular coat and sold it for the three $400 that it went for new. But she found it for 10 bucks at a thrift store. I would never wear it turkey hunting. Now, it has a great camo pattern. I'm sure they spent all sorts of money and fancy whatever in developing this super-duper scientific waterfowl hunting pattern, but I'm never wearing it turkey hunting. Why? Because it is a late fall-slash-winter pattern. It's a lot of just sort of dead foliage, dried-up stuff kind of look. It's made for that season. The spring is green. All right, the spring is doesn't have that kind of a look to it. So there are different camos for different environments and different seasons. There's people that hunt out west. 
and you know they're hiking through rocks and hills and sagebrush they're not going to use the same camo for that that you're going to use hunting turkeys in missouri in may all right completely different look and feel but there's not that many kinds of camo you have your green woods you know kind of camo for when the woods are alive you have your dead woods camo for when the woods are dead in the winter. You've got rocky, out west, bouldery kind of camos that are good for that. There's not that, you don't need 10 different kinds of camo. Wherever you live, you probably have use for two different camos. A, a winter season and a warm season. When stuff is alive and stuff is dead. That's pretty much all the use you really have wherever you live. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911, and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So new camo comes out. Well, if you have a spring camo pattern, something that is good for when there's green in the woods, I doubt anything is going to give you an advantage. And now you could have more camo on. you got a face mask. That's good. Hat, gloves. That all helps some. But you can overdo it there. You know, gloves are... All these things, some of them are helpful but they're not like mandatory. The turkey's not sitting there with a pencil and a checkbox going up. They got that one. Oh, they they have the gloves on. Okay, I'm coming in. (sighs) Guys, you can just be too focused on things that make very little difference. Like I said, back in the day, they had no camo. They didn't even wear gloves. They may have put some face paint on, but it's not that hard. All right? So a new camo pattern comes out. I'm just like, ooh, whoopee-doo. All right, what's it matter? Like year after year, I, I pretty much at this point, I don't even think about adding anything to my turkey gear. Unless something wears out or breaks, I, I pretty much have no thought. Should I add something? Should I buy this? Should I get that? Because the woods have told me for the last couple years, I have everything I need. I don't have any problems. I don't have any major pain points. If I did, I've, I, I got something to take care of that. And I don't, I actually am a quite a minimalist turkey hunter. In fact, I'm thinking about doing a video just showing sort of my minimalist gear approach. I love turkey hunting because you can go out with minimal gear. You don't have to carry a lot of weight. You don't need a ton of stuff. And you can get it done and be effective without... You know, without all the kind of gear you need for duck hunting. Oh man, the the amount of gear that you need or can have for waterfowl hunting is unbelievable. But I'm more of a minimalist when it comes to turkey hunting. I just want to grab it and go. 
Now, the other big thing, this is probably the biggest thing, is shells. All right? What kind of ammo are you going to shoot? Oh, my goodness. You got the new super zinger load that is going to be the one that drops every turkey in the woods. And people act like because they have this better ammo that for some reason more turkeys are going to come in. Or they're going to come in better, you know, like as if somehow the ammo is going to call in more birds. And, but they show all the videos, right? You never see an ammo video without all these turkeys coming in, right? But they create subconsciously this impression that connects this ammo to turkeys coming in. To, you know, three and four gobblers coming in at a time. And, and they show you, you know, 10 different hunts with real quick succession. The bird came in, taking the shot at going down. They're like four second clips. But, you know, it's like, oh, wow, all these turkeys are coming. You'll, you'll take so many turkeys with this new super ammo. Guys, it, it, you, you don't need anything more than target ammo to kill a turkey. All right? You don't need anything more than two and three quarter inch shells with one ounce of shot at 1,100 feet per second shooting number seven bird shot. Seven and a half. You don't need anything more than that to kill a turkey. Now... That's only really going to be effective out to about 25 yards, 30 max, even that's a bit far. So you do can't, you, you can have some gains with better ammo. You, you can have higher power ammo, more velocity gives you more power, bigger pellets gives you more power, more payload gives you more shot in the air, better pattern density. There is some technology out there that can help make the patterns even a little bit tighter, just better made. But every year, more turkey ammo is coming out and, and is marketed as the difference. And this is what's going to do it. And I just I just did a video on this subject, actually. Check it out. The best ammo for turkey hunting on YouTube. Um, you know, they're, they're, the best ammo, it depends on how many dollars you want to spend and what category. There's, there's categories of turkey ammo. All right, you've got your cheapest, you've got your performance, you've got your premium, and you've got your super premium. All right, and whatever you want to spend, any one in any of those categories is pretty much the same. All right, you want to spend 30 cents a shell, you can use target ammo. You want to spend a dollar a shell, you can use performance ammo. You want to spend two, three dollars a shell, you can get premium ammo. And the only difference here is that it extends your range a little bit more. You want to spend $10 a shell, you can get super premium 18GC tungsten that's going to let you punch out the farthest and have the most ballistic energy. But I don't care who comes out with a new tungsten load. I don't care because they're all in the same group. Any one of them could work the better out of my gun. The older ones could work better than the newer ones. I don't care who comes out with a new premium ammo because they all work about the same. Any one could be the best one in my gun and choke combination. You know, I just don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I've reached the point where I realize, okay, you know, the, the variance in these different ammos is very small and probably the best one to get is the one that I could get on sale for whatever price category I'm in and 
test that one through my gun, see that it shoots good, and then go buy a couple extra boxes, and then I'm set for 10 years. All right, that's it. You, you, you don't need a whole lot of ammo. You know, new ammo is not really going to change anything. Now, there was a time where turkey ammo was not so good. There really was. All right, but those days are long gone. Pretty much anything out there will work. But the, the bottom line is literally anything will work at short range. The better stuff just extends your range a little bit further. That's all it has the power to do. Uh, and I'm planning on doing some more stuff on turkey ammo here in the future. In fact, hmm, when's this video going to release? I don't know. It may even already be out there. Just keep an eye on the YouTube channel for more on this subject. But the marketing, it's all going to be marketed as the best. The, the most impressive, the most amazing, the most this. It's going to let you punch out and take birds at 85 yards. And it's not. It's a fairy tale. It really, guys, anytime you hear stuff like this, it's a fantasy. First of all, you can't even see a beard on a turkey most of the time at 85 yards. All right? If you're in a field with binoculars, you can make it out. But to, but to hold the bead on a turkey for an 85-yard shot is ridiculous. You, you don't, it doesn't matter how good your eyesight is. It is hard to even make out where you're supposed to shoot and what kind of bird it is at those distances. Um, you know, it's really not even ethical most of the time. Now, if you do have binoculars and you are hunting into a field and you can see them that far, the ammo still can't do the job at that distance. Okay, one in ten, three and a half inch, ten gauge magnums with shooting three ounces of tungsten shot through, you know, they've tested 10 different choke tubes and they found the best one for their gun and that ammo. That's going to be the only guy who can do that. All right. That's going to be the only one. And he's, he's hunting with a six power scope, you know, and that, and he's aiming, you know, three feet high. And that's, those are going to be the only people that have the capability to do something like that. It's a fantasy, some of the ranges that people talk about and that these companies print on their box. You should never take a shot beyond 45 yards. Never. I mean, even if you are hunting with tungsten shot, just seeing the bird and holding steady at those ranges under a hunting condition is very difficult. Only the most expert shooter should ever attempt to shoot beyond 45 yards knowing that's what the range is. I teach people 40 yards is your max pin. You do not want to shoot past 40 yards. And you pick 40 because that does give you a little bit of margin because people tend to underestimate distance. And you practice at 40. You train at 40. You learn what 40 is, and in the woods, you, you can tell 40 pretty well, and you know you got a little bit of margin in there, but you really, that's, that's what you want to be aiming for. You can tell what the bird is, you can see the beard, you can get a good sense of the bird and what's behind the bird. The further you go, the harder all those things become, the harder it is to hold steady, the wider that pattern gets, I don't care... For most people, their ammo, choke, and everything else combination is not going to be good enough to let them shoot out the 70 yards. 
The people that are doing it, they're just playing games with you on the internet. They're not really doing it most of the time. And the few that actually are, they are have ridiculous setups that they have tuned and spent hundreds if not thousands of dollars in ammo and chokes and guns until they found something that lets them punch out that far. And if they would have spent that kind of time turkey hunting, usually they would have done better. Because often most of the people that have the setup that's able to do that are not the people that spend the most time in the woods hunting. And uh, they're, they're, they're just focusing on areas that, that it's, it's you, you spend 80% of the effort, you get 20% of the return. I'm not saying it's wrong to do I'm just saying it's a it, it's an overemphasis on something that's unimportant and something that's going to just suck money out of you. Find a good choke, an ammo combo that lets you punch out the 40 yards and then go hunting. All right? You don't need to go any further. You know, if you buy a super ammo and at 45 yards your pattern starts to deteriorate, that's called most people and most guns. That's what happens most of the time. Don't feel bad about it. Don't be sad about it. Don't think you're you don't have enough performance. Don't think your gear is not good enough. Go hunting. If you got a good pattern at 40 yards, go hunting. That's all you need. Any further than that, most of the time is wishful thinking, and you will spend hundreds, if not thousands, chasing better. 40 yards is all you need. Doesn't matter what they say this new ammo will do. It probably won't for you and your gun and choke combination. So so guys, I hope this is helpful for you. And again, let the woods tell you what you need. Don't let marketing tell you what you need. The marketing should help you understand the features and benefits of whatever you're interested in. Let you compare that with other similar items so you can make an informed decision about the product. The marketing should not create in you a desire to buy something. If it's creating a desire in you to buy something, they're winning and you're losing. All right? Remember, your job is not to buy. Okay? Go hunting. Let the woods tell you what you need. That has long been my philosophy, even if I haven't used those words. That's why I recommend you get a gun, you borrow a gun, you get a used gun, you use whatever gun you have, even if it's a single-shot, bolt-action shotgun Get into the woods and let the woods tell you what you need. Let the woods tell you what kind of a gun would be better for you. Let your experience direct you. Long barrel, short barrel, more power, more maneuverability. What matters to you? Get some experience and then you can make informed purchase decisions and the marketing can help you sort out which products compare with other products as opposed to let the marketing telling you what you need and what you should buy. So, guys, make sure you head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out the show notes. Head to iTunes. Please leave a five-star review with comment, not for my edification, but in order to help the show spread to more people. I really appreciate you. God bless you. And go get them in the woods. there and 
the fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.